the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He wants to dwell with his people. He wants to have a relationship with them. He wants to be in their midst where he is their God and they are his people. But he can't stay because of all of the sin and all of the corruption. God would prefer that man would repent of his sins and turn back to him. And God has promised that if man would do that, that God would forgive and restore the relationship. And that's what God really wants. It may seem harsh when God steps away. However, Scripture is clear that God is always reluctant to walk away. He hesitates and often gives people more chances to choose Him. Pastor Dan explains today that God doesn't want anyone to perish. He desires that all would turn from sin and turn to Him in faith. He offers grace again and again, but must eventually walk away from those holding on to rebellion and sin. Yes, God is full to overflowing with grace, but the chances to choose Him will eventually run out. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. I know for me in in recent months, last three or four months, uh, I've just been so consumed with the news and everything that's going on in the world and all of the chaos and all of the craziness. I finally, just this week, I finally, uh, I I just blocked news websites on my phone. It just, it it was distracting me. It was distracting me. I, I I don't want the news to be the thing that I see and hear. I want Jesus to be the thing that I see and hear. And I don't want to miss him because I'm so fixed on the news. You know, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus told the parable of the sower who sowed seed and some of the seed fell among the thorns. And it says the thorns choked out the seed so that the seed could not bear fruit. And Jesus tells us the thorns represent the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. You know, just other things that can choke out the Word of God. And I don't want anything choking out the Word of God in my life. I don't want any thorns growing up. And we need to be careful of that, not to allow thorns into our life. Choke out the voice of God. So it goes on here in verse 6. He sees this vision and the glory of God, the brightness of His glory and the cloud that fills the temple. In verse 6, Then it happened when He commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, 
take fire from among the wheels, from among the cherubim. And he went and stood beside the wheels and the cherub stretched out his hand from among the cherubim to the fire that was among the cherubim and took some of it and put it into the hands of the man clothed with linen who took it and went out. And the cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. So again, on a human level, the fire that burned Jerusalem came from the Babylonians. On a spiritual level, the fire came from the throne of God. Verse 9, And when I looked, there were four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by one cherub and another wheel by each other cherub. The wheels appeared to have the color of barrel stone. As for their appearance, all four looked alike, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And when they went, they went toward any of their four directions. They did not turn aside when they went, but followed in the direction the head was facing. They did not turn aside when they went. And their whole body with their back, their hands, their wings, and the wheels that the four had were full of eyes all around. As for the wheels, they were called in my hearing, wheel. They moved it as one, is the idea there. What Ezekiel sees here is exactly the same vision he saw back in chapter 1 when God first called him and ordained him to be a prophet to the people in Babylon. He gives us some additional details here. Verse 12, for example, uh, the cherubim were full of eyes, which speaks of the omniscience of God. God sees all. Nothing is hidden from him. Each one had four faces. Verse 14, the first face was the face of a cherub, the second face, the face of a man, the third face, the face of a lion, and the fourth, the face of an eagle. Uh, again, this is almost identical to the description, to the vision in, uh, of the vision in chapter 1, except here uh, you were given the face of a cherub that replaces the face of an ox from chapter 1. We don't know why this is, but for some unknown reason, he mentions the face of a cherub instead of the face of an ox. In verse 15, Ezekiel tells us this is the same living creature he saw by the river Kibar in chapter 1. And the cherubim were lifted up. This was the living creature I saw by the river Kibar. When the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also did not turn beside them. When the cherubim stood still, the wheel stood still. And when one was lifted up, the other lifted up, lifted itself up for the spirit of the living creature was in them. Again, we, this is exactly out of chapter one. Same vision. And then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. And when they went out, the wheels were beside them and they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. And the glory of God, of the God of Israel was above them. And so we see here the glory of the Lord is departing from the temple. We saw back in chapter 10, verse 4, the glory of God, which represents the presence of God, began to depart. 
We saw in chapter 10, the glory got to the the threshold of the temple and stopped there. But now the glory continues to move, departing from the threshold. And again, we see that God is reluctant to leave. He wants to dwell with his people. He wants to have a relationship with them. He wants to be in their midst where he is their God and they are his people. But he can't stay because of all of the sin and all of the corruption. God would prefer that man would repent of his sins and turn back to him. And God has promised that if man would do that, that God would forgive and restore the relationship. And that's what God really wants. That's what God wants from every person. The Bible says he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. The Bible says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. His preference is that we would turn back to him and be saved. And so he's he's reluctant to leave. Notice in verse 19, the glory of God stood at the east gate of the Lord's house. So he's about to leave the temple. He's standing at the gate. I mean, he started out in the Holy of Holies and he has moved now all the way out and he is at the eastern gate of the temple. He's about to walk out of the house. And he pauses there. It's like this, this is your last chance. And I'm going to leave. If you don't repent. He goes on here in verse 20 to say. This is the living creature I saw under the God of Israel by the river Kibar. And I knew they were cherubim. I knew it. (laughs) Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. And the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings And the likeness of their faces was the same as the faces which I had seen by the river Kibar, their appearance and their persons. Look what it says at the end of verse 22. They each went straight forward. The cherubim went straight forward, whichever direction the Lord was looking. Meaning God's plan went straight forward. God's plan could not be changed or stopped. I think it's a good reminder for us that God's plan is always marching forward. God's plan doesn't go in a zigzag back and forth. God's plan doesn't go forward two steps and back one step and then forward three steps and back two steps. God's plan is marching forward. Even in our world today, with all of the craziness and chaos that we find ourselves living in, God's plan is still going forward. Even in the midst of all of the uncertainty and everything that's so unsettling, God's plan is marching on and marching forward. That brings us to chapter 11. Then the spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the Lord's house, which faces eastward. And there at the door of the gate were 25 men, among whom I saw Jezaniah, the son of Azur, and Pelatiah, the son of Benaiah, princes of the people, leaders of the people, 
And he said to me, son of man, these are the men. Watch what this says. Who devise iniquity. And give wicked counsel in this city who, who say the time is not near to build houses. This city is the cauldron and we are the meat. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Now, this Jezaniah guy here, it's it's a different guy from the one that was mentioned back in chapter 8. I know that's the first thing you, you thought when you heard that name. Hey, isn't this the guy from chapter 8? No, it's a different guy. He's got a different father mentioned in chapter 8, which tells us this probably was a common name in ancient Israel. You, you encounter two guys with that name in just a couple chapters. It's probably a pretty common name. The, the two men that are mentioned here in verse 1 that are among this group of 25, uh, the two that are mentioned are are listed in part because of the irony of the meaning of their names, that they're part of this group of 25, but their names, well, Jezaniah's name, the son of Azur, his, his name means Jehovah hears and he assists. This other guy, Pelatia, or however you say his name, the son of Benaiah, his name means Jehovah delivers and builds up. So their names encourage people to trust in Jehovah because Jehovah hears and Jehovah assists and he will deliver and he will build up. And, and the irony is these men are among the 25 leaders in the city who are actually devising iniquity and giving wicked counsel to the people of Jerusalem. So they they had leaders in their nation who were plotting evil and giving wicked advice to the people, telling the people to do wicked things. Things that are wicked and contrary to God and His Word. And again, this is at the end of the nation. This is right before the collapse of the nation. And what do we see? We see leaders in that nation who are plotting evil and giving wicked advice that was contrary to the word of God. Specifically, what they were telling the people was that the people were safe in Jerusalem and that judgment would never fall upon them. In the city of Jerusalem. That, that, that's really the, the basic meaning of verse 3. When it says. Who say the time is not near to build houses. In other words. Who, who's, who's telling us not the time to build houses. The city is the cauldron. And we are, are the meat. The, the saying means. you know, the, the city is like an iron pot. 
And we're like the meat in the pot. In other words, we're safe in the city. Of course you can build houses. Go ahead, build houses. Don't let anybody tell you you can't build a house. I mean, it's a perfect time. Nothing's going to happen. You know, the, the city's like an iron pot. We're like the meat in the pot. We're safe. God's not going to allow anything to happen to us in the city. We're protected in this city. It's amazing how there's this misinformation going around, isn't it? People were being told a lie by their, by their leaders. And God says to Ezekiel, verse 4, Therefore prophesy against them, prophesy, O son of man. And then the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me. The Spirit of the Lord fell upon Ezekiel and said to me, Speak. Thus says the Lord, Ezekiel here in confronting this false information and those that had evil intentions and were devising iniquity and giving wicked counsel. He speaks the word of God to them. He doesn't give his opinion. This is this is what God says. He speaks the word of God to them. We need to be speaking the word of God to people. We need to be proclaiming the truth of God's word to people and proclaiming the gospel to people now more than ever. No, this is what the word says. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Lord says. Verse five. Thus you have said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. I know what you're thinking. And you have multiplied your slain in this city and you have filled its streets with the slain. Verse seven. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, your slain whom you have laid in its midst, they are the meat and this city is the cauldron. But I shall bring you out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword and I will bring a sword upon you, says the Lord God, and I will bring you out of its midst and deliver you into the hands of strangers and execute judgments on you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This city shall not be your cauldron, nor shall you be the meat in its midst. I will judge you at the border of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord for you have not walked in my statutes nor executed my judgments, but have done according to the customs of the Gentiles, which are all Around you, God God tells the people, you are not safe in this city. I'm going to take you out of this city and I'm going to judge you by the sword. Speaking of the Babylonians, he's going to use the Babylonians. In verse 11, the Lord says, I will judge you at the border of Israel. If you remember uh, from our study of Jeremiah, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, when he came into that region on a military campaign, he set up his headquarters at a place called Riblah. Uh, I think it's in Jeremiah chapter 52, where he sets up his headquarters at, at Riblah. Riblah is in Syria today. It's just across the border from, from Israel. And the Babylonians, they carried all the captives of Judah to Riblah. And from Riblah, that was, you know, the, the headquarters for the Babylonians in that region from Riblah. They sent them into exile. 
That's what God's talking about here when he says, I'm going to judge you at the border of Israel. He takes them to Riblah. He judges them there. In verse 12, we're reminded the reason for this judgment. Because you've not walked in my statutes nor executed my judgments, but have done according to the customs of the Gentiles, which are all around you. They, they were destroyed as a nation because they had turned their back on God. Now it happened, verse 13. Now check this out. While I was prophesying <laughs> that Pelatea, the son of Benaiah, died, And then I fell on my face and cried with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God, will you make a complete end of the remnant of Israel? As Ezekiel is preaching against these false teachers and their message, one of those false teachers drops dead in the middle of his message. Wowzers. I mean, that's that's pretty intense to have him, you know, denouncing them. Thus saith the Lord. And one of those guys drops dead right there in front of them. You, you would think that that would strike fear in the other false teachers, the other 24 that are still standing there, and that they would repent immediately. I mean, Ezekiel himself falls on his face in response to witnessing this. But those false teachers didn't repent. Even seeing one of their own drop dead right in front of them. They still didn't repent. They didn't react at all. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about those who are past feeling. Those whose conscience is seared. That they're just, they're, they're unaffected. They're unaffected. Even seeing someone drop dead from God's judgment right in front of them. No, it doesn't penetrate. No effect at all. You know, some people, their life gets just completely ruined by sin and, and destroyed, and the, but their heart is so hard. And you look at their life and you wonder, man, what else has to happen to that guy before he finally turns to God? How much worse does it have to get? I mean, what else does God have to do to get that person's attention Verse 14 says, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, your brethren, your relatives, your countrymen and all the house of Israel in its entirety. Are those about whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, get far away from the Lord. This land has been given to us as a possession. This this is what those that were dwelling in Jerusalem were saying about those who had been carried away to Babylon. Those who were dwelling in Jerusalem thought that those that had been carried away to Babylon were the ones that were under God's judgment. And that those that were in Babylon were the ones who were far away from God. And those that were carried away to Babylon were the ones that God abandoned. Not them, not those that were still in Jerusalem. They thought that they, still being in Jerusalem, shows that they are the true remnant and that they are the one in God's favor. And they were wrong. They could not be more wrong in their assessment 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable and knowing that you cannot find alone. And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear the sound. Oh. He asked me how I know, and I say it rings true.